1: now your host Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky Tom Shuler the pride and joy of Lincoln Park High the pride and joy of Haven Junior High when he was a little boy he said daddy I want to cover reefer in the state of Illinois. And his father said, Son, you keep working at it, you're going to do it. Well, he's the best damn reefer reporter in the city of Chicago. We're going to have him on. That's a cool dad, too. (laughs) Daddy. He he was only eight years old. What do you want to be, son? I don't want to be a firefighter, dad. I want to cover reefer. You got it, kid. You play your cards right, and that's exactly what you're going to do. And uh, that's what he does so well for the Chicago Sun. I have all these questions I've been waiting to ask. I tried to get him on last week, but he had a dentist appointment. But I got him on now, and I'm happy to have him all this. We're going to lay it out for you, folks. Everything you need to know about Reefer in the state of Illinois. Is it legal? Are they going to pound my car? Is the city of Chicago going to make any money about it? Who's going to get these licenses? Is it a legit? All these questions, Tom Schubert can answer. Before we do that, D, you
2: got an update? Absolutely, I do. Earlier in the program, we were so focused on J.B. Pritzker and John Cullerton, we forgot to talk about our Chicago mayor. This
0: little light of mine, <laughs> I'm going to let it shine.
2: Uh, okay, Chicago <laughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot, happy Friday, man. <laughs> mayor Lightfoot, oh, Lord. Okay. the Chicago mayor is ending her week out with a visit to the West Pullman while well, she was at West Pullman in the morning mm-hmm. to break ground on a new state-of-the-art fire station. And then she uh, will be, or already has, delivered remarks at the Upswell Chicago Conference at the Hilton. And in case you were wondering, the veto session has ended. And no, Lori Lightfoot did not cut a deal with the state capitol to help us get out of that $838 million budget deficit. And no updates on what we're now calling Ubergate. <laughs> <laughs> the time when Mayor Lori Lightfoot accused rideshare giant Uber of offering to pay black ministers in Chicago $54 million to help the company defeat her plan to hike taxes on single passenger rides offered by the service with no proof at all. Yeah. No updates on that, really, but our local editorial columns have been weighing in on it quite a bit. Isn't that right, Ben Jarofsky? Yes. Uh, wait, what do you Of that, it's correct. Anything you'd like to say? Oh, yeah, I'd like to say this. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, Lori Lightfoot, we
1: talked about this on Tuesday. She issued an accusation about Uber. That she's really walked back. And her either was probably based on something she misunderstood. Uh, and it kind of looks embarrassing. And so here we have a situation where... Uber is throwing out one set of statistics and Lori Lightfoot is throwing out another set of statistics about uh, ride sharing and the amount of money we could generate from taxing it. And this is kind of relevant to what we're going to talk about with Tom Shuba to a certain degree because they're banking on getting money uh, from taxes that have not even been implemented and instituted. And so they, there's a tendency in a part of mayors to exaggerate the amount of money they're going to get before they institute the tax. Why you ask? Good question, Dennis. Because they want to be able to say they're fiduciary wizards who figured out a way to balance the budget without raising your property taxes and that lo and behold later down the road uh what we'll discover is they probably didn't raise the the amount of money that they thought they were going to raise from ride sharing uh or from reefer or from the casino which we still don't even have a casino yet and guess what they're going to have to do raise your property taxes and part of this is also a result and i'm going to throw this out there that they just absolutely refuse the mayors of the city of chicago mayor lightfoot mayor Rahm, mayor daily before uh mayor rom to employ what I would call progressive taxes that my friends of the lefty persuasion uh, really want them to do. It's like Carlos Ramirez Rosa advocates it. Stacey Davies Gates advocates it. It's, you know, go after LaSalle Street tax, you know, that kind of thing. Uh Uh-uh, don't want to do that. Negatory. So they play this game. And so right now the editorial boards don't know what to do. You know, they don't know who to believe. There's so many numbers getting thrown around. They're sort of like, well, you know, we think we believe this one. We don't believe that one. My advice to both editorial boards is don't believe any of them. All right. Definitely don't believe the numbers coming out of Uber. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. Uber is acting like they care about filling the coffers of the city of Chicago. That is not why they're in business. They're not in business to fill the coffers of the city of Chicago. And if they could do anything to avoid uh, having to slap a tax on their uh, passengers and maybe pass that tax over to, like, taxi cabs they're gonna do it so there's a game going on D- uh, D- dave Roder was in the studio yesterday we were talking about this that's a bonus that'll drop this weekend they're just he goes
2: it's as clear as mud great line from <laughs> dave Roder. so guess who friend. won't be riding an uber after uh, the show today ben jaroski he will not <laughs> don't even have the little app thing but we'll keep you posted on uh, uber gate as the uh, updates become available i think I, tom
0: schumer I, has something to say i actually this. took an uber here uh Very nice driver.
2: That's correct. Uh, (laughs) But
0: um, one interesting thing about, like, the op-eds related to Uber that's interesting is if you have been on Twitter at all, which I'm sure both of you have. um, Well,
1: actually, you're wrong about one of us. Uh, Have you been on Twitter, young man? (laughs) Yes, I have. Okay, go ahead.
0: Uh, Uber is, is, you know, lodging this, like, pretty aggressive paid advertising campaign. So basically on Uber, as you're scrolling, or on Twitter, as you're scrolling through your feed, You know, tweets will come up and they'll look like any other tweet, but at the bottom they'll say it's a paid advertisement. And what they're doing is they're just linking to like sometimes editorials and like Cranes editorials and stuff to like, you know,
1: that are weighing in on this whole. That are sort of on Uber's side on this thing.
0: Right. So it's like they're they're using this as, uh, you know, a marketing tool. Yeah. Some of these
1: editorials yeah uh and my again one more time this is me speaking and it's just me speaking i'd be a little dubious and skeptical about some paid advertisement that comes across your twitter feed but that's just me all right tom let's uh move away from ride sharing and talk about marijuana cannabis reefer pot whatever you want to call it crap what's your favorite term for it
0: uh i i mean i call it i we call it pot a lot and i think that's like mostly just a like word count <laughs> based in like that it's a like three word. and it's just like a really colloquial understand it understood no term you know but we use weed we we don't use reefer i think it's a funny word though um herb ganja i don't think i'm not like there's like the language poli- police around marijuana right and it's like a lot of people who are like it's cannabis <laughs> and to me like that just like seems like this super whitewashed like rebrand thing you know that's yeah. like and so, you know, cannabis is kind of like the technical term yeah. that we'll use, or like marijuana. No,
1: it, it's like when black people are referring to white people, they call it Caucasians. <laughs> okay, all right, <laughs> you mean white people? Yeah. Uh, you know, but suddenly everyone's official uh, cannabis uh, as opposed to reefer weed, weed, a pot, what's that, with grass. Uh, I like herb, that's a good one. Uh, All right, it is very confusing, and uh, I think you've done an outstanding job of uh, trying to keep track of everything, and there's like three or four issues that I want to hit on, uh, and I'm going to name them up top. Let's hope we get to them. Uh, One has to do with um, how much money it's going to yield. The other one has to do is what's what's still legal and illegal. Uh, That's uh, unclear. The other one has to do, will the city of Chicago impound your car if you're caught breaking the law? I mean, these kings, you know, they said they were going to legalize it, uh, Tom, and and you know every time I bump into the hallway, I'm like, what the hell's going on? I thought it was going to be illegal, right. and and then. Um you know, will it? Where will you be able to consume it in a restaurant, uh, et cetera, and so forth? And then there's this lottery that they held today, which I'm completely confused with. <laughs> so, let's. You I, alone. Yeah, I guess we'll start with uh, the lottery. So, what went down today uh, this morning? There was a lottery, uh, a uh, cannabis lottery. Well, actually, can we start first with because I think this relates to kind of what you were saying about
0: like e- e- officials. Uh, kind of over-exaggerating projections for Go how much revenue is going to be ahead. made from something new. Mm-hmm. Um, Lightfoot has been, like, particularly uh, m- uh, modest about her projections for how much cannabis <laughs> <laughs> taxes okay. but It's will we'll, we'll bring the city, right? So in her budget, her whatever, 11 point whatever billion dollar budget, she... Uh, only projected that for the last four months of next year sales will only bring in 3.5 million dollars and that's okay. an excise tax and increased sales taxes um but actually part of the trailer bill is expanding that to it'll be six months that we'll be able to collect those taxes so it'll be a little higher but she's I don't know why i I, I think it's to prove the point or you know to reaffirm the point that she's tried to make that like this isn't the fix for the economic ills of the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. but they did the same thing in different states. Nevada, they like they kind of like lowball the estimates, and then they like when they greatly exceed that, it looks better than like it fell short or we didn't budget
1: enough money for okay. this. So I was being unfair to the city of Chicago when I said they were uh, anticipating great revenue so for but So I apologize. In this city case, of Chicago. Yeah. In this case uh, Uber is a different thing and the casino is something else completely. All right. So uh, they, they've they lowballed the estimate. Uh, and they still, when you when you talk about uh, the months, uh, I was a little confused what you were getting at, the number of months that they can collect the tax. What were you talking
0: yeah, about? Yeah, for some reason, and, and I'm not exactly clear on why this is the case, but uh, initially in the statute... It only allowed localities to start collecting uh, sales taxes from from marijuana, local sales taxes for the last four months of next year. I see. And now next year they pass this legislation that expands that starting in
1: July. So it's half the year. I see. I get you. Um,
0: I don't know what the machinations or what the reasoning is behind that, but that's kind of just the letter of the law.
1: If they can confuse you, they will confuse you. (laughs) Uh, And uh, all right. So what was the lottery about today?
0: okay so the lottery was about i'll kind of start from the top here so uh, under the mayor's zoning ordinance the past um i think it was the last of end of last month um the city was split into seven cannabis districts right and so they basically just chopped it up directionally and um under the plan, seven recreational dispensaries will be allowed in each of those seven zones. Mm-hmm. So, this lottery was to determine where uh, the first recreational sh- shops will be located. So, you know, the big players in the game like Cresco and Pharmacan and GTI that have multiple dispensaries and are, while being headquartered in Illinois, have operations in multiple states. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, you know, at the crest of kind of the corporatization of marijuana across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, And so basically those companies had the best shots of, of, of getting the best choices for, for zone, uh, you know, zoning district locations. Right. And they did. Cresco got the first pick Um, GTI got a bunch of the first, you know, I think Mitch Dudak, shout out Mitch Dudak. He was covering for me and, and, and reporting at the actual lottery today and I just had a, brief minute to glance at his story that he just uh filed but um had a bunch of the early picks too so and pretty quickly the the central district right that encompasses the loop was knocked out all seven of those spots were taken and it took uh i think mitch wrote 21 uh 21 draws for someone to pick the far south side district so everyone was kind of like you know Central District, North Side, Northwest Side, kind of areas close and adjacent to the downtown area.
1: So in other words, uh, uh, dispensaries are not... Rushing to get the far south side because they don't think they can make as much money off of the sales in the far south. Is that what the issue? Yeah, is?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is like you know, obviously. So there's an ex- also under the mayor's plan, there's a um, an exclusion zone as they've called it that covers much of the central business district. Um, so like you know, Michigan Avenue. Uh, you know the heart of downtown there can't be pot shops there and and a pretty big swath of downtown but there's still a portion of that central district that will allow for pot sales Mm -hmm. so that's where everyone kind of like you know honed in on today um and it makes sense because you know uh people getting off the metro and going to Lollapalooza sell out a pot that way yeah. you know people uh tourists people at conventions people in town whatever marijuana tourists who come here just to get legal weed and get it go stay at the radisson downtown they can have easy access there and then i think also neighborhoods north side neighborhoods wicker park like logan square places like that where you have younger populations and uh big retail districts
1: So these are the the areas that people really want to – that the the dispensaries really want to be located because the market's there. The market's strong.
0: Foot traffic, the amount of money that's being thrown around there, you know, how much income the people who live there have. I think all of those economic factors play into, like, where they want to locate.
1: You know, and uh, the exclusion zone. I never quite understood what's motivating uh, the mayor and her people to have an exclusion zone. Uh, it, it seems as though, follow me on this one, Tom. It's like they still have one foot back in the reefer madness era where people are scared and frightened by marijuana and we want to protect tourists from it from in, in, in the exclusion zone. When in reality, as you just explained, there will be tourists coming to town wanting to buy marijuana and smoke it. So I, I don't get the... right. The logic here,
0: and they curtailed the the the, the exclusion zone during like the, the uh, committee debate over the zoning proposal too. They 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 made it a slightly smaller. But so Lightfoot has put up like kind of two different reasons, and one is like we want the downtown area to remain this family friendly destination (laughs) as if downtown chicago is disneyland or something yeah you know as if
1: bars yeah as if
0: like there aren't you know uh, five bars on every street and twice as many homeless people standing at every corner and drug sales happening on lower wacker drive and you know the, the the realities of what is actually existing downtown versus like this like fantasy whatever the developers <laughs> building property they want people to believe right? yeah but then the other reason that uh, you know has kind of been uh, thrown out there is that maybe that ex- exclusion zone will be cut once they make the licenses available to this next group right that will include these social equity applicants, right? So so the people from neighborhoods that have been ravaged by the drug war or, um, you know, people who have passed marijuana convictions and stuff like that. So, like, maybe she's holding out to give that prime property to the people who are supposed to be benefiting from this state legislation, which that would make a lot more sense to yeah. me.
1: Well, I... W- Wish they had said the mayor or her uh, aides would have just come right out and said that we're holding back on this real lucrative territory because we want to make sure that people from uh, who have been penalized by these insane drug laws uh, get in and get in and on it. Yeah, that and would. I, mean, have,
0: I think all of this is subject to change. I mean, like we'll see there was such a tight timeline and, and there was a lot of confusion regarding a lot of things on the state level and how they were going to translate and. How, how local authorities were going to handle it. So I think this is kind of like one one foot in front of the other kind of process of like, okay, we have to do this first, and then we can do this, and then we can do this. And I don't think that that means that all of those steps can't be like retraced and readjusted. I got you. They're figuring it out. Let's
1: right. give them, uh, I'll, I'll give them a little slack in right. this. Like,
0: and like the best way to like uh, exemplify that is like uh, uh, v- Villegas. Uh, who's
1: the, I think he's the floor chief for Lightfoot. Gilbert Villegas, yeah. alderman of the 36th uh, <laughs> Ward.
0: And so um, he introduced this really fascinating, actually, ordinance that uh, went into public consumption and really detailed a lot of important things that the city is going to have to figure out locally. And when he introduced it and then Fran started writing about it, he was like, oh, that was actually an error and that was shouldn't have been introduced. He pulled back. And he pulled it back. But like, so we have all of those things still to address. And some of the things that were being addressed within that ordinance have now been readdressed in Springfield. So some of those things that they had initially probably wanted to be a certain way will have to be a different way. So it's like,
1: and one of those things that uh, were was addressed in Springfield is was the subject of an article that you wrote in today's Sun Times with a great headline: uh, "State gives big buzzkill to bars, restaurant." Uh, it, one thing about legalization of marijuana has been a, a godsend to headline writers, uh, <laughs> who are having a field day with reefer jokes. Uh, anyway, state gives big buzzkill to bars, restaurants. I thought that was pretty funny. All right, uh, and. Um, so this gets at the attempt by the state to codify where marijuana can be smoked. And uh, so many people I know thought, oh, it's going to be legal January 1st. Man, I'm just going to go. I could smoke reefer right now and go walk down the street with right. it. It's not going to be that way. So explain where you can smoke marijuana.
0: So the the idea of public consumption is really important in the wake of legalization for for a couple of key reasons and and the most important is because um you know historically even post decriminalization right like when we stopped arresting people for small amounts of pot and started ticketing them um black people were still so disproportionately impacted by um that type of enforcement right mm. and so if you let's say you have and Carlos's story from last week about CHA making clear that you, mm-hmm. making clear that you can't, um, you know, use cannabis post-legalization in CHA facilities. Yeah. That kind of like is part of this whole thing, right? That's a so, great story. So CHA residents or homeless people or people who live in apartments where um, their uh, landlord won't allow cannabis use or tourists who are staying in hotels and want to use cannabis but can't in their hotel. Where can they do it, right, mm-hmm. is the question. They don't want to go outside. They don't want to be subject to a ticket, fine, all of these things. So that's where public consumption uh, spaces come in. And initially, what the state had done was lay out something that was extremely broad, and we're basically kicking the can to um, municipalities to figure out how they wanted to, uh, you know, regulate which which spaces could allow for them. And the language was extremely loose, right? So it could have meant. By the letter of the law, that it could have been allowed in all of these places, and on top of that, it noted that, that these places would have an exemption to the smoke-free Illinois Act, and which was, you know, a contentious law at the time that you know stopped people from smoking in public places. Mm-hmm. And so, the lung people and the heart people and the public health advocates pushed back, and. Staines and Cassidy and the other sponsors decided we have to go back and we have to tighten this up and make it more clear. So what they've come to now is it can only be at dispensing locations, dispensaries. So, you know, they could have like a smoke room next door. You buy the pot, you go next door, you light up, you smoke a joint. Or at places like cigar clubs or that function like cigar clubs function now. Um, which is in itself kind of a problematic setup because it gives dispensaries yet another outlet for revenue. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and another opportunity to make money mm-hmm. and be more of a draw. And it also public consumption spaces. were supposed to be like, okay, this is a lower barrier to entry to the marijuana industry. I don't have to get a license. I don't have to get this. I can just, cook meatloaf with weed in it. People will come to my restaurant because they want Dang, my, wo- my world famous
1: meatloaf weed. It sounds good, actually. It sounds
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, it, and, and that's kind of gotten nixed, right? Yeah. And then you have the issue also of like, okay, so if you independently want to set up a smoke lounge, like a cigar lounge, yeah. where's your revenue coming from? A cigar lounge sells cigars. If you just have this lounge, you can't sell marijuana. You don't have a license to sell marijuana. So I'm gonna have a BYOJ place, bring uh, your own joint place, <laughs> that I yeah. don't have money to pay the rent for. Yeah. I just don't understand it. So, in you know other states, I understand. You know, there's been weird systems set up. that music venues or different places where it's like, Hey, make a donation and we'll give you this t-shirt, but the t-shirt comes with an eighth of weed or something. So it's like, you know, this kind of work around thing. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm a hundred percent confident that this is an issue that's going to be readdressed probably more than once. Oh yeah. You know, we are finally seeing some restaurants open across the country that allow cannabis use and cannabis infused foods. So I think once kind of like the initial outrage and confusion over this whole thing wears off, that uh, we'll, we'll see some progress. Well,
1: there's maybe. a uh, the second this issue of secondary smoke. I know that before the um, the state of Illinois banned smoking in public places, uh, I talked about this many times. The bowling alley where I bowl which it was it's unbelievable, Tom. Was that fireside? Uh, uh, no, I bowl at Timberlands, and it just the smoke. It just we you just reeked of smoke. I mean, I don't, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but, but it's like, I smoked a pack, you know, when, after I was done bowling on a Monday night. And, uh, so when they passed that law, it was, I it was one of the happiest days of my life, uh, well, in terms of laws. But so do you think there's a health risk with a secondhand uh, marijuana smoke?
0: Yeah, probably you're like smoking a combustible plant, but it, my, my whole thing is like, just label that you're a bar that allows weed smoke. You know, there's, I mean, there's still bars in Chicago that people can smoke at. You know, I. Don't you ever think been that's to the case? They, if you, you haven't been to Richard's Pub, huh? well,
1: I, if I'm not going to say anything <laughs> about any bar, but if they are doing it, they are doing it. I believe, and I'm looking at my two next guests with the Heartland Mamas, and they know these things uh, that you're in violation of the law you're not allowed to smoke. So uh, right
0: they're they're, they're operating in validation. and I'm sure they just either know an inspector or they <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, might right that
0: be a good example, but I'm just saying marketing so, something as like that's what this is for. Yeah. So if you have an issue with these things you probably don't want to come to this restaurant, but if you do like these things then
1: I remember when the in. secondhand smoke issue was raised in terms of restaurants, and the there was a great push by some restaurateurs who did not want a ban on on cigarettes in their restaurants, and they said we'll just say you know. Don't come here if you don't want the smoke. And mm-hmm. then the issue became: well, What about the people who work there? What about that the was bartender the and the waiters, waiters and the wait staff, waitresses, etc. and so forth? And so then they're being exposed to secondhand smoke. So I just don't know what the science is on secondhand smoke and marijuana.
0: That was the whole thing. And you know what? I remember my dad; they they fought tooth and nail against the ending the smoking thing as a neighborhood bar and a small music venue. Yes, a lot of people like to go have a smoke and a
1: Jack I was on and the Coke, other side you know? So. <laughs> yeah. I was on the other side of that one. I and mean, for once I won, uh, all right. So we're still working this out. You're absolutely correct. I got a feeling in the next couple of years, there's going to be a lot of articles that you're well, writing on this one.
0: And that's what, you know, What and the uh, Staines and Cassidy have both kind of framed it to me the same way. And, and Toy Hutchinson's who's, who's now just started her role as the cannabis star, which is like, go back to every general assembly since prohibition of alcohol ended there's gonna have been at least one alcohol law alcohol bill that's gone through it's gonna be the same thing you know it's just it's always gonna be amended and changed uh
1: and uh, finally i'll ask you about impounding cars uh the city of chicago Back. Oh, man, this is just a way to really put the screws on the poor people, uh, make them pay uh, uh, because they can't afford what's been ticketed. And so what's the situation with impounding cars and marijuana tickets?
0: Yeah, they're going to stop doing it, which is great. And, you know, I talked to Ed Yonka from the ACLU about this, and he was like, you know, this is this antiquated drug war era policy, right? Like, this is like vestiges of the Reagan days type of thing you know like still in Chicago to this day if you get caught pulled over and you got a joint in your car put out joint they can take your car tow it and you got to pay for it to get out of the impound lot it's it's completely wow. <laughs> just antiquated and, and and absurd so Lightfoot has taken the step a to uh, to 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 stop the impoundment thing and B she's cutting the, so if you do, you know, we were talking about pot use in public and what happens with Mm -hmm. that. So if you are caught, you know, smoking a joint, I think the first offense is only a $50 fine now. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of cases now with how this has changed and how police are enforcing this, that police are going to give people more breaks and say, put it out. Come on, get that out of here. You know, same as if you were at, Sitting in Union Park and having a beer during yeah. somebody's softball game or something, they'd be like, Come on, pour it out, could I?
1: Yeah, you know, or just ignore you.
0: Yeah, and that that was kind of the framing of like what what the cop who's like, you know, talked to me about this said it was like, You know, part of this is just going to be informing people of what the deal is mm-hmm. because people are going to be confused. People are going to be like, Oh, January 1st,
1: yeah, it's legal, <laughs> gonna go out and get high. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the last thing I did want to ask you about, uh, it has to do with uh, the conflict of interest issue. I saw this in one of the stories uh, you wrote about uh, politicians uh, who uh, are involved in the sale of marijuana mm-hmm. uh, and uh, or with companies that sell marijuana. Uh, uh, have, there have been rules uh, stipulated regarding governing that.
0: Yeah, this was in the wake of Patricia Van Pelt, the state senator from Chicago. Um, it was revealed by, I mean, the in, incredibly intrepid, amazing, aside from Marion Ahern and Carol Marin, maybe the best TV news reporter in the state of Illinois, Mark Maxwell, um, that Patricia Van Pelt had uh, <laughs> this interest in this company that's called, this is, this might be its own episode, to be honest with you, but a company called Bucana, right? And, and they're, 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 they're a multi-level marketing company, right? And it's her and some other women who've been a part of uh, multi-level marketing companies accused of fraud and they're purportedly selling CBD, but their, their aim, their goal is to get fully into the cannabis industry and be a seed to sale cannabis company. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as this came out and the secretary of state's office announced an investigation into Van Pelt over this, um, they, they tacked this into the, into the legislation. Um, but Maxwell just reported this week that she's like still, still at it. So who knows what, what happens with that? But yeah, this is kind of just a way to make sure that while you're in office and directly after you're in office, you can't have an ownership stake in the industry. And there was something that I noted in there about, um, state rep Kelly Cassidy, who was one of the key sponsors of this. Who's another Chicago, Chicago Democrat. Mm -hmm. And, um, her spouse, Candace Gingrich, Mm -hmm. who is, I believe, the, sister, yes. the, 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 si- the sibling of yes. Newt Gingrich. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse my pronoun yep. usage there. The sibling of Newt Gingrich.
1: Younger sibling
0: by yeah. considerable years.
1: And um,
0: uh, she's working for a company called Revolution. Mm-hmm. And Revolution is uh, uh, an Illinois-based company. She's working in Florida, and she's in some sort of vice president, sort of weird, long title, executive Mm -hmm. role. But because of the fact that that subsidiary is technically operating in Florida and she has no ownership stake, she's not subject to these conflict of this. They are not, excuse me, I'm very sorry about that. They are not um, subject to these conflict of interest provisions.
1: Right. And so Kelly Cassidy, who is been on the show many times and was the leader of the effort to uh, legalize uh, marijuana in the state of Illinois, uh, is not in technically breaking the law. And it was so funny because I remember when the Sun-Times broke that story, I was laughing because Kelly had a great run at the in the legislative, uh, I forget which session, she was leading the way on the, the reefer bill, uh, some criminal justice bills, I forget which other one. She ones.
0: was the all-star. I mean, yeah. people patted people Pritzker on the back after that, but like. Cassidy was really...
1: Yeah, and it sometimes rock. had a headline, Wonder Woman. They called her yeah. Wonder Woman.
0: She, I. <laughs> I they, did they did a lot. They did a lot the last session, and she was at the heart of a lot of it. But, yeah, I, ju- I just want to apologize. Apologize again for it's misusing any pronouns
1: here that that was, I, was, not, meant,
0: was not meant to be offensive can, in any way.
1: Uh, uh, Candace Gingrich has just texted, you're forgiven. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, she did not actually do that. I just made that up. Uh, Tom Shuba, it's a pleasure. As always talking, to me. we're going to get you on a regular basis as, as much as we can get you back on the show to give us updates on this cannabis issue. Uh, I'm being really professional cannabis, Bill.
2: Um, did I I t- go, buddy. Did I tell
1: you my, my good, many of my good friends are Caucasian? Did I tell you that? Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway. Hello, uh,
0: Caucasian it's, cannabis users, yeah. Right, Caucasian
1: cannabis. Ooh, I love the C's. Uh, anyway, great job, as always. Uh, Tom Shuba, in the Sun-Times. You can read them uh, and spell that. Let's see. You, do you want to give out any information where folks want to get in touch with you or follow your stuff? Any uh, information like that?
0: Uh, yeah, any tips, any uh, just insults, any uh, <laughs> movie recommendations, oh. any uh, T-Shuba, T-S-C-H-U-B-A, at suntimes.com,
1: S-U-N-T-I-M-E-S.com. One right. word. I'll give you a movie, Parasite, run, don't walk to see it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, lo- I love, uh, it's Boon John Ho, right? Yeah, I've seen a bunch of his flicks before. Um, wow.
1: Very well done. I've seen,
0: I've seen The Host, which is like a really cool, like Godzilla yes. sort of thing. I've seen The Handmaid recently, that was cool. Ok- Okja, which is on Netflix, and then Snowpiercer. Yes, Snowpiercer. I don't know Piercer. if you've seen Snowpiercer, but that's like one of the, best movies
1: of recent
0: years. But I haven't seen Parasite yet.
1: Well, I'm stunned because usually when I say parasite, nobody knows what I'm talking about. But not only did you uh, know what I'm talking about, you trumped my ace with all that.
0: Well, I wanted to go. I was supposed to go last week in Logan, and I uh, my buddy dropped the ball on me. So oh, run, don't walk. So thanks, Max. Yeah,
1: Max. Come on, Max. Get your game together, boy. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, it's a great movie. I urge you to see it. Tom Shuba is his name. He covers marijuana for the Chicago Sun Times. We got the Heartland Mamas on deck. They're ready to rock and roll. We'll be right back with the Heartland Mamas.
2: Hey, podcast fans. I mean, I'm assuming that's you, right? You're listening to this podcast. I don't know if you know that or not, but you're a podcast fan. It's official. The sometimes political web series, The Fran Spielman Show, is now available as a podcast. The Fran Spielman Show features weekly interviews with the lawmakers, journalists, and others who are shaping our city. Fran, she holds nothing back. She goes deep into City Hall to bring you, YOU, the real scoop on Chicago politics. And now you can listen to her show. On all of your favorite podcast apps. Head to City Hall with Fran and get even more great political coverage from the Chicago Sun Times. Listen and subscribe right now at suntimes.com forward slash Fran show. That's suntimes.com forward slash Fran show.